Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I think I came in and trained on the, I think it was the Thursday. Yeah. First day I was training was on the, th- uh, so it now it would have been, yeah, probably Thursday. Come across at Springfields, trained. I remember it was sopping wet, the training ground. And you had uh, Fergie and uh, Rooster, the assistant manager at the time. And uh, trained well with Ledge and... Yeah. Keith and Cootsie and all them. And then we played Cov away. Scored. Did well. And then it came to the Tuesday oh, night. Scoring against Coventry. Oh, I love scoring against them. <laughs> Outside of the boot, edge of the box, remember it well. Come across. Outside of the boot, just wazzed it round. And then <clears throat> the, the famous Tuesday night at Ellen Road. It was my second game. Was that your second game? Some some week for Peony, that Bloody was. Hell. It was an unforgettable week of football, to be honest. Yeah, I remember that night, like it was yesterday. It was, it was just one of the, it was just a surreal night. It was like one nil up, and we probably could have been two or three, like yeah, right yeah. off the bat. We were we were, me and Parky had them working for it. Like again, that was uh, if I remember right, Neil Collins. Yeah. Neil Collins and Alex Bruce. I remember. Alex Bruce, yeah. Um, so, yeah, parking, we we were just all over them. And then they had one shot, two shot, three. <laughs> What's going on here? 4 1 down. And Parky pulled one back just before half time. Yeah. And the second half was just carnage. Like, it was, it was just an onslaught. Like, we just had them. Keith and Cootsie just had them. Right where we wanted them. Yeah, we were just running them ragged. In behind, in defeat, everything was sticking with me and Parky second half and it was just incredible. Uh, what did Fergie say then at half time? Did it all I don't he... I think it was a matter of what the was going on. Yeah. Bit of a bollocking. Yeah, he better that better change second half, this is embarrassing. Rightfully, whatever whatever it is, like it's it's one of those that's one of those instances where you don't really pay attention. Yeah. You know you're, what you're in there, done. and you're like, "What the hell's just happened?" Because mm. it wasn't a four. That's the thing. It wasn't a four-two half. Yeah. It was. They had like four shots, five shots, scored four. Yeah. Like, I felt bad for Loners. Because 
goals were just going in left right and saying like yeah what's going on yeah and then second half it was just a beating like it was every time we went forward I thought we were going to score Parky was unplayable yeah Parky was a joke like and he was like that in training like that's he gets criticised by a lot I know Peony fans don't really because he's had such a good time there but he gets he gets criticised oh, he's a big boy he's naturally a big boy yeah but technically he's a joke he's I think I said it with um, Sedgwick when I was chatting with him, he's that old cliche of he's got good feet for a big man. Sedgi will tell you the same thing then. Probably two of the best trainers you'll ever come across as strikers, John Park and Chris Brown. Chris Brown and Parky in training are a joke. But on the other hand of it, Parky's also literally a joke in training yeah. he, he was a terrible runner yeah. but he wouldn't stop just keep going he's just a he's a plodder yeah but if he was on the wrong side of the beast you didn't want him in your team because yeah. he's the worst player but like Brownie him and Brownie when they were on it were on you'd it. never see better yeah like anything they hit like Parky's Parky's a left foot right foot half volley from 40 yards top corner type yeah. of guy whereas Brownie was just impeccable like yeah. his touch and everything was just class but he had so many problems with injuries yeah and those those two guys myself were just when fit as good as anybody in that at the time but we just one reason or another we just couldn't keep it going yeah it was just thinking back I always remember Darren Ferguson as like the, the football we played always just seemed to be like if you're going to score two we'll score three if you score three we'll score four He's um, always been the same though Fergie Yeah no he yeah, has wherever and, he's been. and it was an, an entertaining watch to say the least Yeah not when you're on the pitch sometimes because <laughs> if that didn't come off you were like any chance of us stopping them from scoring yeah. or what did he not do much defensively in training? No, it's not that he didn't. It's not that he didn't do enough, and it's not like he didn't have the personnel. Yeah. But he had a lot of problems with injuries with Ledge, and Callum Davidson was in <clears> and out. And yeah. The only, the only ever present was, was really Billy. Billy yeah. and Craig Morgan. So you look at it and you think, when you're putting players into positions, and like who else did we have in and around the team at the time? Trying to th- I was trying to think about it before and like when Ledge wasn't fit because Ledge had a knee problem at the time and Cal was in and out with quad and hamstring problems and Was that around the time that Ledge went to <laughs> Middlesbrough on loan and came back? Oh no that was under that was, Irvine Yeah that was the season before yeah. wasn't it? But um we on, on paper we had as good a team as anybody in that league yeah, no, it was... Maybe not the depth that a lot of teams had, but I think as far as your... Like, we had Neil Mellor out on loan. Like... Yeah. You had uh, <clears throat> Chappie out on loan, you had Darren Carter out on loan. Like, these guys could have played in our squad. Yeah. 
Like you had Daryl Russell come in. Good player when he played. Um, trying to think. Cootie, Baznet coming back from injury. Um, yeah, we just. It was just one of those seasons that you just couldn't put a finger on what exactly went wrong. Yeah. Because we'd go and beat teams and then we'd go and get beat by terrible teams. Much like that second season that you had at Leicester. Yeah. Very or much the like second it. half of the second season. Yeah, very much like it because you're c- continuously going out and playing unbelievable football and coming in losing 1-0 or 2-1 and you're like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Like we go and do that to to lead to a good side. Yeah. Batter them. And then we'd go and get beat by like a bloody scunny or something like that. Mm. Like it, it, you just couldn't put a finger on it. What was um, what was Fergie like when you signed him, met him? Like was he a, a big reason behind you signing or? Yeah, I'd played against him when he was at Wrexham. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and just the fact that he picked up a phone and gave me a call. Yeah. When when it was said that they were interested, he called me. My agent's like, oh, do you mind if I pass your number on? I said, sure, go on. Yeah. Spoke to him a good 20 minutes, half an hour. And he's like, listen, I want you in. He's like, I've, you know, I've played against you. He goes, I know what you like. Yeah. He goes, I know you're more mature now. He goes, I've got some good players here. He goes, I just want to add you to the mix. Okay. Done deal. Get me in. Closer to home. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was still travelling in from... From just what Saddleworth, from, so it was yeah. forty minutes one day and then two hours the next day. I'm like, bloody sixty-two, absolute heartbreak of that thing. Yeah, sixty-five is just as bad for me going to work. One reason I got rid of Range Rover, <laughs> that bloody drive. Didn't mind. It was twenty-six miles from my house to Barnsley. Knew exactly how far it was. Yeah. How long it would take me. Traffic was minimal. Yeah. Petrol didn't get battered. Filled up once every. 10 days yeah going to Preston twice a week 130 odd quid a pop yeah it's mental I'm like nah I'll be going to a blue efficiency nice America after that one yeah so I ended up massive downgrade but reality check <laughs> yeah um, so how long had you been there before Phil Brown came in then was that that, that season was that the wasn't same it? season yeah it was uh, when did he come in was it End of Feb, mid Feb. Yes, it was. I think it was February thirteenth, if I remember. I may be wrong. I think one of the last games he had was Hull at home on a Friday night, Fergie, and we're on TV. I think we got beat two now, mm-hmm. and we weren't very good. No, I, I yeah, I don't recall anyway. Yeah, I don't recall us being very well. Um, and I think that was the first time my I went on a game on my own, and my dad didn't come with me. Hmm. Um, and he watched it on TV and I think that was his last season Phil Brown came in in the February mm-hmm. what was he like? I got on very well with him Yeah, he's not everyone's cup of tea Parky will tell you that he had previous with Phil right yeah that's <clears throat> sometimes that's what happens in football you have a manager comes in who you've, and you just can't work yeah. and that's fine and it was hard for me because mm. Parky left. Um, we had a good partnership, mm. good understanding. 
I knew he was one of the greediest men in football. So just live off the scraps. Yeah. If the ball's to him in the air, he's going to win it. Work off it. And we, we had an understanding and we, we caused so many teams so many problems. Then he leaves. Mel's is still away. It was just one of those, like, where do I go from here? Mm. And uh, what they brought in, what, Nathan Ellington brought in Eddie Johnson. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember Eddie Johnson. Well, that, so, yeah, there, there was a bunch of different players coming in, and Phil was, he got us working well. We fought, we did, we worked hard. He didn't trained. win for ages, did he? Yeah, it took him a couple of weeks to win. Um, but then we, like, that was the whole story of the whole season. Like, we yeah. went and beat Swansea. Last game. Uh, last game was Watford. Uh, I'm thinking of a different season. Yeah, last game was Watford. I remember why. Well, free kick. I remember. <laughs> you remember little things, huh? Um, but, like, yeah, we beat Watford, beat Swansea. And then we get beat by anybody. Yeah. <laughs> anybody else. Like me and Brownie went Teams up front. That we shouldn't be getting like we go, we go to Scunthorpe and win. Like we, I remember we went to Scunthorpe and we battered them. Me and Brownie up front. Yeah. I'm, like it was a mullering. And then we go and get beat at home, and it's like we just couldn't put a string of results together. Mm. So, I think that was just the the hardest thing was. Injuries and consistency. Yeah, and in, injuries here and there, and then players not getting on with the manager, and then yeah. players leaving, and players coming in. Because was it Fergie that split the dressing room as well? Initially, I think maybe it was already before you joined. Yeah, I think it was before I joined, but it was the younger ones. It was mainly, n- none of the senior pros when I was there. Because I know Mel said that he, he got put in with. Yeah, because Mel's, Mel's got. Put, put out on loan though, didn't he? So yeah. Mel's, Chappie, um, <clears throat> Carts, they all got sent yeah. out. So I think that was just a matter of like if you're coming in for training or physio or whatever, you just go in that room. Yeah. Like, so think, you arrived after that then? Yeah, yeah. I, came, I came after all that. Um, so you then, got on with Fergie then? <clears throat> got on with Fergie, got on with Phil. Um, funny enough, I just finished playing for Phil in India. Yeah, I was, was We'll get to that, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we ended up going down and it just, although I know it wasn't, it seemed we went down without a fight, if that makes, yeah. to a fan I I, I think I kind of felt that way as well. But it wasn't, trust me, it wasn't the case, like we, we battled and we trained as hard as we possibly could yeah. and just things weren't going our way, we, yeah. were, we were hit and miss and I think it was just a a domino effect from the first half of the season was we could beat anybody on our day but we would literally lose to anybody on our on our bad on days. Other day, yeah. Um and then the summer came and we he called in some players and he's like, Listen, he goes I want you guys to stay. We I've gotta get money off the 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 wage bill. Mm-hmm. Which happened with with players who were there previously. Yeah. Um gotta get money off the wage bill. He goes, but I'd like you, you, you to stay and we were going to build a team and I was one of them. He pulled me in he's like, listen, I want you to be here. He goes, give me, give me next season because I still had two years. Yeah. Like, give me next season. If we don't do well, then 
I'll let you go. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm here anyways. I said, I've got three years left. Yeah, yeah. I said, I'll be here. And he goes, that's all I wanted to know. So, goes into the summer. And the, the, the pre-season comes. Brilliant. Good, tough pre-season. Yeah. Did Marines up in Arbroath in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrible three days. Oh, but, I remember that. But it was it was good. And it brought us together. Yeah. And, like, brings in Greza. Big name to have in there. Big character to have in there. Yeah. Um, and then you got me, Mel's, Jamie Proctor came through. So you had us three up front. Like, our, our midfield three was uh, bringing Clark Carlisle. Yeah. Big name, big, big voice in the dressing Been, room. Uh, Great lad. And then you had... So you had me, Proc, Mel's. You had... Greza, Basnick, Cootsie, centre midfield three. Then you had Conor McLaughlin, Brian McLean. Bloody hell, Brian McLean. Brian McLean played right back. Yeah. Conor McLaughlin played left back. Yeah. You had Clarkie and. So Clark Carlisle and Craig Morgan. Yeah. Centre, centre, yeah, yeah. centre backs. And then in goal, who do we have then? He brought in. Ian Turner. Um, Ian Turner, yeah. So that was our team to start the season, and we played. I remember clear as day we played Colchester at home. Yeah. In one of the most one-sided games games I've ever been involved in, and we got beat. Like it was tidal wave of attack. Yeah. I think it was it finished four-two. I think it did. Yeah. So, and then we played Crew in the LDV vans or whatever it was yeah, at the yeah. time. Um, beat them. Scored back post, remember that. And then we went on a run. We were untouchable. So, like, was it seven, seven, eight, seven wins, wins in, a row. in a row? But it was men against boys. Yeah. Like we were literally going into teams and beating them up. Yeah. And scoring great goals and playing good football. Like going to Wickham, going to uh, Chesterfield, going yeah. to Scunthorpe's, going Brentford, winning them all. Like comfortably. Yeah. And then. Mel's gets injured. Proc gets injured. And I tear my MCL at Huddersfield. Yeah. And that was after... So Proc... Or Mel's gets injured at Walsall. Proc gets injured at Walsall. Away. I was injured. Or I don't know what would happen. I think I was injured. Or suspended. And Javel Sue will come in. Yes. And great guy, Javel, and loved an offside. And that was happened with my injury. I remember it clear as day. Was he? I was running with the ball. Go to lay it into him. He's offside. Lines run flags. Ball comes out to me. So I go to take a touch of the ball. Whistle's already gone. The defender comes through and smashes the ball to clear it. Catches me on the end of my toe. Tears my MCL. So rip my knee open. So that's me for two and a half months. Jesus. So then all three of us are out. Wow. Proc, double hernia. Mel's ankle. Yeah. Me, knee. And it's like, we just couldn't, we just lost the plot. And Phil didn't seem to have the back end of the board to bring anybody in. Mm. Like, even if it was just one senior loney from somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. to just steady the ship, and it just didn't seem to be working. And you're having to rely on Javel, and you're having to rely on Danny Mayer, and like Danny, yeah, and Adam Barton's in there. And like, you're, you're trying to play all these players. <laughs> out of position and 
lacking experience and it might work but yeah. a lot of the time it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's when the shit hit the fan and yeah. he didn't get the back and then all of a sudden changes are made and I think although good players were brought into the club along the line I think it was a massive massive mistake yeah it's um, it's a bit of a track record that we've got at North End is not backing managers when the time feels right and backing them when they shouldn't be backed and then backing them when they shouldn't be um, like last season Alex Neal didn't really get the backing that he should have got in the summer then obviously we were struggling down the bottom end of the league come January <laughs> and we brought in like four, five, six players and Change the change the layer of the season. Yeah, if that back and had come in the summer, it would have been the playoffs. Mm. See, it'd, it'd be it'd be nice to to see Neil get the back end because if you go off what you're saying about last year and him not getting it, yeah, and then coming up millimeters short, if he gets the back end this year for what's needed instead of just panic buying, mm. that's the key. Because you see a lot of people, and it happens all the time. People bring in numbers just for the sake of just all oh, we needed to bring yeah, somebody yeah. in. No, you didn't. Yeah, like that's what happened. Going back to when Phil got the sack, the window, loan windows open, and all that, and all yeah. of a sudden you've got eighteen players or twelve players through the door. Like, thinking, what the hell what? are you doing? Yeah, like. I'm, I'm sure Mel's might have told you a couple of stories about when our first meeting with Mr. Wesley. <laughs> yeah, well, we um, I said to Mel, like I said to you before, if there's anything that you don't want to talk about. Oh, I'm, I'm open, I know. don't care. And, um, and I went, look, if you don't want me to mention Wesley, then that's fine. And he was like, no, we'll cover him a little bit, but maybe just skim over it. Yeah, well, people think it's... All fun and games. Th- no, people not. think it's lies. People think we're... Ag- Exactly. I don't think North End fans do anymore. <laughs> anymore, yeah. You I guys think didn't, at the time, didn't bloody believe yeah, us at the time, did you? Yeah. Oh, you just well. I, I was. I knew. Um, who the hell did I know at the club? Will Will Hayhurst. <laughs> so I had a good idea that a lot of what was coming out, if not well, like, obviously all of it. You was imagine out. this: you're you're sitting, you're leading scorer. You're playing for a club. Or, sorry, anything. So you're advertising or you're a salesman. New boss comes in. Yeah. You're leading sales in the, the business. And you're buzzing everyone. Oh, yeah, well done, eh? You've had a good month again. You've done this, you've done that. Yeah. But you've had one bad month. Your new boss comes in. He goes, all right, mate. He goes, where's Jake? Where are you? Hey, I'm over here. Oh, you like a McDonald's, don't you? That, that was the first sentence he gave to me. Where's Humi? And we're middle of February, sitting inside the, the gym at Springies. Uh, Springies. And we're sitting in there, freezing. Like, I was upstairs getting treatment because I'm out with my knee. Yeah. Freezing cold. And I'm sitting there. And we're just waiting for him to come in. Like, he, we've sat there 15 minutes. Yeah. Have you met him at this point? vaguely before the game on the weekend because he, he managed from the stand on the weekend. Oh, that was the one. that Was it in Clark Carlisle's book? 
where he said about my kids don't call me dad. Oh, they call me medal winner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolute gem of a person. But yeah, that that was the I, that meeting I kind of blanked from my mind. Yeah. But the first one where he proper had a conversation was made us sit in the gym for 15, 20 minutes waiting for him. Because he'd come up, oh, Gaffer wants to see you. Okay. As a team. So everyone goes in. We're all sitting there. Baltic. Yeah. Like it was, I think it was actually a snowy or just snowed gone or whatever. Yeah. We're freezing fe- February. We're sitting there. Everyone's sitting there like, what's going on? Like he wants to talk to us. Fine. Comes in and first thing, where's Hume? I'm sat there. Put my hand up. Like a McDonald's, don't you? Sorry? Like, don't know who you are. That was his actual first word. You like McDonald's, don't you? And me being me, I kind of prefer KFC, but what are you hitting at? Yeah. He goes, oh, just, you carry a bit of weight, don't you? I said, uh, not a lot. I said, I'm not ripped. Yeah. And he goes, well, do you think that's being a team player? And I said, well, I think if you ask everyone around this room, well, I'd, I'd like to think that the vast majority of them would say I'm a team player. Oh, well, I don't think that's being a team player to me. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, fair enough. I said, that's, and that, that's, first impressions last a lifetime. Yeah. And that was my first impression of him. And... It just never got any better. Talk about getting off on the wrong foot. And it just down to training, down to it was just a rough end of the season, mm. like ridiculously rough end of the season. And one of my biggest regrets is it was all over the press because we were struggling big time. Yeah. And I was out injured, and I was just getting back of it, and we played Exeter away. And it was everywhere in the press, Wesley's going to get sacked. Yeah. Because we were struggling massively. He just couldn't... Brought in a lot of players, and as good as they were, at the, time, at the time, weren't good enough. And I don't care what anyone... Yeah. I, I, they weren't good what enough. What did you think, though? Like, obviously, <coughs> having been where you'd been in your career, uh, up to that point, played with some of the players that you'd played against, and then you're seeing... And this isn't a slight on any of these people as people. But you got like, and again, I don't know if some of these maybe were after you'd gone, but Andy Proctor came in, um, Aaron Brown came in, Anthony Elding. Um, See, El- Anthony, Anthony Elding was after me. Right. Andy Proctor was with me. and Chris Holroyd, another one. Chris Holroyd came in, worked his stones off. See, certain people you can I, handle, but again, there's... But that's not me slating them as people. It was it was a tough one on Proc bringing him in and making him captain. Yeah, that was a massive one. Like at the time, I was captain. Yeah. Like, so when I came back, I wasn't captain anymore, and it was, if it was for Greza, fine. But it wasn't. But it wasn't, and at the time, it was it was a hard one to take. Yeah. And like Chrissy Holloway worked his stones off, and actually, I played up front with him at. At Exeter, yeah, and Aaron Brown, great lad, and I don't care what anyone and their dogs say. 
there's no way in hell he should have been playing up front against Sheffield Wednesday away and I'm sat on the bench. No. And I'm not bigging myself up no, to yeah, that yeah, extent, yeah. but there's no way. No, and I think that, that, you can ask every North End fan. I don't, anybody who knows idea. football. Well, yeah. Anybody who's done anything or paid any attention to football in their career or in their life. Yeah. That should never have happened. And that was the, I think that was the highest and lowest point from the highest amount of disrespect and the lowest point for me at P and E at the time. Yeah. And you get he's getting laughed at. Not Brownie, the gaffer is getting laughed yeah, at. Yeah. I can't even call him gaffer, sorry. Graham was getting laughed at by Sheffield Wednesday. Like we know your team. We knew your team what was happening. So then he comes in and starts pointing the finger at everybody. Because they knew the team. Yeah. I didn't even know the team. I didn't know the team before the game. Yeah. So somebody on the inside has told them the team. Or they're just winding you up. And he comes in pointing his finger at everybody. Accusing everybody. Accusing everybody and comes out in the press. And it just showed that he was so far above his level of coaching ability and managerial role that he shouldn't have been there. Yeah. And he got back to the high heavens. And that's what upset a lot of people was Phil, for me, was a... 20 times, 100 times better coaching him. Yeah. But didn't get the backing. Well, Danny then, Mayer did a podcast, uh, I think in the summer sometime. And it was the first time I'd heard the story where he said about how he had people out doing imaginary weights. Oh, no, we did that, yeah. Imagine you've got a 50 kilogram weight in each hand and go and pull it up really slow, squeeze, flex it. We did that a couple of times, yeah. It's just madness. Absolute madness. And then I remember reading, again I mentioned this with Mel's, um, I remember reading something in the Daily Mail. I mean, at first it was it was a bit fun for a North End fan to be reading about was that the aliens and... his club in the national press. But after maybe one or two articles it got very old very quickly. Uh, no, I don't remember the aliens. But, oh, which one was it? Um, just about the texts that he was sending out. Oh yeah, love the text at yeah, late, late like two, three in the morning. But no, what, See, what, what I, was I'm the not, aliens? No, no, that was another one I read that fucking alien sightings and crap like that. But that see, <laughs> that I was I was fortunate that I was injured. Yeah. But <clears throat> the funny thing is this: uh, showing the level of his where he should be in football. Yeah. He comes to Preston, massive club. Regardless of this. Stature like yeah, yeah. League One, still a massive club. Connected with UCLan, so we had trainees coming in for experience, yeah, yeah. doing massages, and we had a chiropodist came in once every two weeks. We had uh, sponsorship or deal with Total Fitness. Yeah. So the injured players would come in in the morning. Yeah. We'd be in at nine o'clock before anybody, doing our our yeah, rehab and right. then doing our gym work. Yeah. So me and Mel's at the time, this story of our day, we'd come in at nine o'clock in uh, Matt Jackson's room yeah. by nine o'clock. No questions asked. Both of us traveling from Afar. Liverpool and um, he was traveling from Liverpool, I'm traveling from the world. Yeah. So we're getting in nine o'clock. We're leaving just after seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So before the kids are up, we're coming in and injured, do physio for an hour. Everyone else gets in half nine, quarter ten, whatever. Don't start training to half ten. So then we leave. The players come in that are training. 
go in the gym while they're out training, hour and a half, two hours of gym work. Solid work. And Jacko's a horrible, horrible guy yeah, yeah, <laughs> when yeah. it comes to work. He's still there now, isn't he? Yeah, and rightfully, he's a very good physio yeah. and very good at getting you back fit. And he worked you to the bone. Yeah. And then we'd finish just as they're coming in, go and have our lunch with everybody. After that, we go to Total Fitness. And between me, David Gray, Neil Mella, Proctor, we could have been pushing for the bloody Olympics, swimmers. We were doing so much. Like, we were going and doing gym work in Total Fitness, CV work, and then going into the pool for an hour. And we, this was every day, clockwork. We were doing it. And then we'd sit down. We'd be, I'd say, by about half two. We'd go downstairs, Jacko, myself, Davy Gray, Mel's, cup of coffee, hot chocolate, whatever. Maybe a bit, a little biscuit that comes yeah, with yeah. it. They serve you a biscuit with it. Yeah. And then we'd get in the car and go home. And that was your day. That was our day. Like, we, we were in for nine, leaving the house at seven. If we were lucky and Jacko was lenient, we'd leave about half one, two o'clock. But that was it. And it got to a point where he cancelled the sponsorship of Total Fitness. Cancelled the trainee work experience masseurs from UCLAN. And cancelled the shropodist, who's coming in once every two weeks. He should maybe do... Seven or eight of the guys. She'd yeah. be in from nine until half ten. Yeah. And then the, when the lads went out to train, the injured guys would get done. Yeah. Every then. two weeks. Tools of your trade, you look after them to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Cancelled ev- everything. It's helping them as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's just coming in. Cancelled everything. There are privileges that if you want them, you get them on your, your, your time. What do you mean privileges? We're in from nine o'clock in the morning to get these we're we're professional footballers. It's not like we're going in and getting facials and yeah, it's not bloody, that recce stones and all that crap. We're getting massages. We've had a game on the Saturday. We're coming in on the Monday. We're getting a massage. Yeah. We've had a game on the Tuesday. We're coming in on the Thursday. Getting a massage. Yeah. And then he cancels the Total Fitness because oh, you guys are just going there for a coffee and a cookie and all that. Yeah, after two hours of bloody work. Yeah. But he didn't like the fact that there was a professional environment that was treating their players as human beings. He's like, no, and from now on, everything's done here at the training ground, and you don't leave until everyone else is gone. Because he had that weird thing, that a a meter or something that he had with oh, his work. Attitude is more important than ability. Yeah. Do me a favour. They're part and parcel. Yeah. But the thing is, his attitude stunk yeah. to the high heaven. He was an arrogant little snot. And I'm sorry I'll say that on your part. I don't he care. Probably I, don't, I hope he does. Anyway. I hope he does. Because he's one of the most disrespectful people I've ever met in my life. And so condescending. It's just... But, to hear it... Obviously, you read all the different <laughs> stuff, but to hear it is just mental. And it, it like, like Mel said to you, it makes my blood boil because yeah. he was so far out of his depth. And, and just coming in and treating everyone like shit. Yeah. And the worst thing for me, and that's what I started the conversation with, was one of my biggest regrets at Preston was scoring two goals against Exeter. Because if we didn't win that game, if we lost that game, he could have got sacked. And he didn't. And he didn't. We won 2-1. 
It was Yeovil, wasn't it, that he ended up getting sacked? Oh, I don't know, I was gone. I was laughing me tits off. When did you leave? I was at Donny winning the league. Was that in the January? That was the year after, season after. Right. I was at Donny. Oh, yeah, of course it was, yeah. Buzzing, buzzing my head off because he treated me like crap that year. The, the second year was even worse after after the first season he came in. But then things going on and we played Brentford and possibly the worst game of football I've ever played for Preston North End. On a personal level. Yeah, yeah. Team as well, we were poor, got beat 3-0 at home. Yeah. And that was the worst I've ever played. And I don't high my, hold myself to the highest standard, but I always expect a bare minimum. And that was by far the worst I'd ever played. Couldn't get my body going, couldn't get my head right, couldn't, my touch was terrible. And my lowest standard is minimum work rate. It has to be there. Yeah. And it wasn't there. And I felt ter- I felt bad. You know, sometimes you just don't feel right. And it's the first time I've ever been that bad. And he takes me off. And I'm my biggest critic. I don't care what anyone else says. You could hammer me in the press. And if I think I've done okay, I've, I've done all right. Yeah. But if you say, oh, he's been incredible today, and I think, you know what, five out of ten. Yeah. I'm not excited. I've scored two goals, but I was a five out of terrible. I'll, I'll give myself the biggest criticism. I've come off and I've volleyed the water bottles. Volleyed them. Shook his hand and then volleyed the water bottles. And just head in hands and I'm go walking in at the end of the game. And I'm in there and Dino Marmaria comes up to me and starts effing and this and effing that. And what the fuck? It's the Ian Hume show, it's this, that. I said, What are you on about? So disrespectful. You come off, you kick the bottles, you do this. I said, Yeah, because I was upset with myself. Yeah. Poor, poor performance. No, this is this, this is the Ian. And he offers me out. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. And I have a room full of witnesses. He used, I think he used to get called um, Wesley's Pitbull or something oh, like that. Oh, was he? But, see, I've seen him and spoke to him afterwards and he turned into an okay guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the time, he offered me out and I just removed myself from the situation. Clothes off, towel, gone in the shower. Yeah. <clears throat> and I can hear him just chirping from in the change room. Yeah. Well, like it's It's like a... An L shape to get yeah, into the yeah. shop. <clears throat> I can hear him chirping, and you're just a maggot and all that. And I've come out. I said, "You're not even worth the breath." Blah blah blah. And we finished. And I got accused of it. I got accused of calling him out, of wanting to fight. He's trying to get me sacked. Wesley was trying to get me sacked in the summer at the end of the season. Madness. And that was one of his things, squaring up to my assistant coach, offering him to fight. Absolute madness. And <clears throat> what was it? Oh, I'll disclose this. I'm not asked. Um, tried, yeah, he tried to get me sacked in the summer. First off, messages me on June 17th, Father's Day. I'm in Canada. Hope your search for a new club is going to plan. Be best if you're not at the club come pre-season. I messaged him back. I'm not sure what you're on about. I'm in Canada. I don't know why you're saying I'm leaving. So I've still got two years left. Said, but P.S. Happy Father's Day. 
and then it comes back. I, you know what I'm on about. It'd be best interest of both parties if you're not here come pre-season. I said, okay, I'll forward this to my agent. Let's see what happens. Like, I'm in Canada. Yeah. Chilling with my family. And come back and calls or sends out a text to eight of us. Um, you guys aren't in pre-season this week because it was like the Friday and we started on the Monday. Yeah. You guys aren't in this week. Report to my office uh, Monday morning and we'll explain what's going on. This is when we found out about the Rossendale 8 or whatever it was. Yeah. This is when we found out about it. And then in the meantime, he tried to uh, scare me off. Tried, tried to scare me off. Said he's speaking to his lawyers and the club's lawyers about sacking me. And he gave me a list of things. That one was squaring up to Dino. Um, another one that he read out was, <laughs> your physical appearance as an athlete, is not becoming of your salary that you earn. I'm sorry? Because they're, like... I said it's not itemized on your contract that says he has to have 6% body fat and a six-pack and be able to lift bloody whatever kilograms. But that was one of his reasons. And I, I said, you can speak to your lawyers all you want. I said, I have enough witnesses that'll back me up on one issue. I said, yeah. the other one's just a load of rubbish. Yeah. I said, and and it didn't help. <laughs> Social media is a, either a great or a horrible thing. Yeah. At the end of the season, the season before, he was effing and blinding and all this and called me a disrespectful little C-word. See you next Tuesday. Yeah. And to your face? To my face, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, nice to know how you feel. I didn't get into it. <clears throat> Left, told my missus, on the way home and my missus puts it on Twitter GW's a effing wanker which I found hilarious yeah I remember that now you mentioned yeah. it um, and I told her to take it down as soon as I seen her yeah but he'd already got wind of it and that's fine but he used that as an excuse another reason to try and sack me and I just said well what does what my wife say have to do have with, to do with me yeah said so she's Entitled to she's older opinion. than me said so I can tell her what I'd like her to do so I can't make her do it yeah and he's like oh well how does she got come to that conclusion, conclusion that that's what I am I said because I tell her everything that happens I said you want her to think you're a top man because of the stories I tell you or I tell her when I go home I said I don't lie to her about that I tell her exactly what happens here and what you say and what thing what things are done. Yeah. I said I'm sorry, but these are these are stories that I can't keep from people. Yeah, it's fact. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, she shouldn't be in thinking that about me, and that means you're putting something into her head that isn't. I said no, I'm telling her exactly what happens, and she comes to her own conclusion. I but said, what so, is it to him if she thinks? I'm no, but he was anyway. he was digging for a, yeah, a yeah, sackable yeah, yeah. offence. So I spoke to the PFA and I spoke to my my lawyers and they laughed it. Laughed it out of the, laughed the situation away, and just said, "Get on with your business. Just keep going and just do what you need to do." So then we started going into <coughs> Rossendale. <coughs> Great guys there. Uh, Whereabouts was it up in Rossendale? Um, just a gym. Just 
I can't even remember the name of the gym, but they had us in there at nine o'clock and half nine in the morning, which was near impossible to get there. Yeah. You had to leave at stupid o'clock. I wake up in Colm now, yeah. which is near enough. Well, we, after the first day, I'd, I sat down and spoke to them and the guy and just said, listen, said, we need to try and change the times. Is it possible? because we've got guys travelling from all over the place and getting here over the ring road and all it's, it's near impossible because yeah. I would come the 62 ring yeah, road yeah. from the Wirral and he's like yeah whatever time you want he says you've just got to do three hours worth of work he goes we'll do an hour and a half and then we'll break for lunch and then we'll do an hour and a half I said well that's fine so we came up with the time I think we started at half ten yeah and we were leaving by two-ish and they were brilliant so who, guy, who, who did he send up there then? Uh, who did Wesley send? Yeah. Player was? Yeah. It was me, Cootsie, Connor McLaughlin, Craig Morgan, Adam Barton, Jamie Proctor. Um, did I say Danny Mayer? Uh, I think Danny Mayer. Danny Mayer was there, yeah. Um, maybe one more. Well, yeah and the funny thing is and he'll deny to this day you do your end of season meetings yeah and that's when he the see you, and see you next Tuesday you give me um, Bailey Wright just broke through yeah and did very well towards the end of the season and he was I think I know exactly what you're going to say well, he went we, in, we published a retain list at the end of that year well he, he went in and at, he was going to ask for a new contract he was hoping they were going to offer him a new contract yeah because Bailey moved over when he was a kid from Australia, 14, didn't I think he was, yeah. It was him and another lad, and obviously, similar to Ben Davis, yeah. went into the academy and ended up breaking through. But he, I was just after him, or just before him. No, just after him, I was. As in few As in my meetings. Yeah. And Bales has gone in, and I said to him, I said, what are you hoping to? He goes, I'm hoping they can offer me a new deal. He goes, got a contract next season, said, but it's on youth team money. I said, I'm first team now. and I said, well... Good luck. I said, hope you do. Hope you get it. Because yeah. a great kid. He's just gone in. And he's like, why aren't you gone? Because we're going to put you on the transfer list and whatever. Came out in tears. Poor li- like Bale's one of the hardest lads I've met. Yeah. Come out in tears. He was only, what, 19? Was, if that, yeah. 18. Maybe, maybe just 19. But come out in tears. I felt terrible for him. But then... The next day or something, I don't know how long it was, they started getting offers through. Shock. Shock. He's taken off the transfer list. Mm. Oh, was, I made a mistake. I think it was Ridsdale. From Ridsdale what, what, took him what off, What I yeah. remember hearing was that Ridsdale sort of just said, not mm-hmm. a chance, he's not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. Um, like I said, because I remember the, the retained list being published mm-hmm. and the one standout from it was that Bailey Wright was being transfer listed and mm-hmm. everyone was just like, what? Mm-hmm. Why? And uh, like after this whole Rossendale thing, I refused to speak to him anymore. So I, I didn't see any point yeah. while he was at the club for me and him to have conversations unless yeah. he instigated it. So I stopped, did all the work in Rossendale, got all the guys together that were down there and said, listen, there's no excuses. We want to leave. Yeah, They want us out. Just keep your head down. Don't do, what you need do to anything. Do. Don't let them catch you going out on a Saturday. Don't let them do this. Don't 
don't give them any excuse because if you go out on a Friday night, the team's playing on a Saturday, he can find you. Yeah. So I'm like, just keep your head down, do everything the, the right way. I said, and then we'll we'll get what we deserve at the end of it. And yeah. Young kids were going. Danny Mayer went to Chef Wed. And, um, well, again, Danny did that podcast in the summer, and on that he said about he... I think Wesley put it in the press that Danny Mayer had come to him in demanding to leave. Yeah, him and Proctor. Him and Jim Proctor. Yeah, and Danny Mayer said on this podcast in the summer that it was like, that absolutely wasn't the case. No, they went in asking for a new contract. Yeah. And Wesley spun it in the media. Mm-hmm. And told, told me they were they wanted to move on, they're bigger than the club, I remember. Yeah. That. And they're not... The, Danny Mayer is one of the quietest lads in the world. Yeah. Back then especially. So was Proc. So... There was no way that any of that was true. And I like asked them afterwards. I said, what the hell is going on? Why have you done that? So they didn't. Yeah. So they told me that they weren't going to offer me a new deal. I said, so what do I do? I said, well, so we sat down when we were in Rossendale and we just said, listen, do the work. It's going to be a blow. Like they had the oxygen chambers and all yeah. that stuff to do the weights and the running and all that. And it was, it was tough. But we were fit, yeah. all of us. So we literally brought a ball in with us. So in our lunchtime or whatever... We do little five e twos, and it's the only touch of a ball we had. Yeah, um, we weren't allowed anywhere near Deepdale. We weren't allowed near Springfields, even out of hours. No, nothing. So we looked after ourselves. Players moved on. I got, from what I remember, three or four offers, or my agent was told of them. Yeah, um, offering half my wage. Um, Wesley's no no chance. We want seventy five percent or nothing. So two months, I was in Rossendale. Deadline day comes, haven't kicked the ball. They accepted less than half of my wages from Doncaster. And I just give it the whole, well, you could have let me go two months ago, would have saved you two months' wages. Yeah. Or would have saved you four months' wages if you'd have let me go on 50%. Yeah. So that would have been MK Dons at the time. One of them for sure. Then um, Donny come in, spoke to Dean Saunders. Great conversation, forty-five minutes or so. Yeah. They accepted the fee the next day. Um, went down. Told him he just wanted me to travel, because just come down be with the guys. Travelled down, boots in my back of my car. Just in case. Got to blow the dust off them. Ended up playing half an hour. <laughs> Blowing through my ring piece. Um, was a tough, tough game drive back up north back in the game back in football and uh, that was essentially the for the time being was the end of my time at Preston and some did you end up coming back came back the next season yeah oh yeah of course because you only had, had one, two years yeah so uh, never got eye contact or anything when Donny played at north uh, when North End played at Donny yeah never got anything you guys battered us Mm. Jack King scored from 35 yards but no eye contact no nothing from Wesley or Mar Maria or John Drea John Drea was one of the nicest guys I've met in football Yeah, he should not have been associated with them he kind of dragged himself through the mud because he was associated with them mm. um, still keep in touch with him every so often now um, but yeah no contact with them. Then we played at Deepdale. And 
our lads. I wasn't allowed. To, surprise, surprise! I wasn't allowed to play. Um, Shock. Yeah. <laughs> but our lads, Bassages. Um And my biggest memory of the game, I, I hardly watched it. Yeah. I just didn't want to be seen cheering for our guys or yeah, yeah. or cheering for Peony or anything. I just didn't want to be involved. Keep in it. So I was there. I was there. Drove up myself. Came up, sat in a box with some of the PE boys, and just kept myself at the back of the box and didn't really watch. And all I remember is the end of the game and Dean Saunders walking down the tunnel to the change room, and I'm stood at the away team dressing room. Yeah. And Dean Saunders walking down, and Wesley right behind him. And Dean Saunders looking at me, and he's got the biggest grin. <laughs> in the world on his face looking right eye to eye with me and pointing over his shoulder because he knew like <laughs> laughing like giggles and you could see him just shaking trying not to move and pointing going oh, yeah. pointing at Wesley behind him and I'm standing there my long term boss and my New boss. my current gaffer um and I'm trying not to laugh and it was hard but still no eye contact made and I think that just summed him up we just had a severe lack of respect for people yeah and I was kind of happy to be out even though I didn't if if it was a different coach if it was a different circumstance and I'd been asked to leave then I think it would have been accepted I yeah. just think the way that it was spun and not just for myself, for a lot of players. And I tried to protect the younger ones at the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, see, Danny Mayers and Proctors and Bailey. And I tried to help protect them and look after them. And I think it was just a bad time for, for Preston as a club because they were coming out of the the sort of routine. And none of this rubbish about, oh, I'm coming to win medals and all that. That was... That was him trying to convince himself that he was ready for the battle and he wasn't. Yeah. But he took the club out of a, a professional environment and turned it into... Bit of a joke. Yeah. For a lot of people, not just people who were exiled, for people on the outside. Yeah, like, you've yeah. seen the state of our pitch. One of the best uh, groundsmen in the country. Yeah. And it was a shit tip. It was, it was heartbreaking because it's one of the best fields in the country. Bar none. Like, yeah. bar your Arsenal's, your Liverpool's, United. Deepdale's up there in the top ten in the country. Yeah. And it was a cow path. And I felt he so bad. He had training on it, didn't he? Oh, no, yeah. And... Yeah. And he just, he, he dragged the team down. He dragged, the, not, sorry. He dragged the club down. The team was struggling. We were struggling beforehand. Yeah. We had injuries the year before. and <laughs> But, he just, he just dragged the the club down into a place where it should never ever have been yeah mental times Absolutely and that's the thing mental. I could continue with these stories and I, I don't want to sound petty but it, it is it's reality just that much happened it, that much happened and too much happened yeah. too much was allowed to happen yeah and then it wasn't going right so they gave him more money and that was the worst thing was the next summer and Oh, not the next summer, sorry. That, that summer they gave him more money to do it after seeing what happened the, 
the previous. the previous four months. And thankfully, that season they got rid of him. Um, brought in Simon. And Simon did Simon did very well with the club. Um, and yeah, he had a tough job as well, though. He did because he he had well he brought in his own players. Yeah, which he was lucky enough to do. But see the thing. I respected about Simon was the first thing he did in pre-season was bring me into his room and I played against Simon a couple of times Yeah. and first thing he did to me after that season when we won the league with Donny and great uh, Wesley gets the sack Simon comes in in the summer Simon brought in five, six players something like that Yeah. Um, first thing he did was first day of pre-season was he called me into his office and said he needed me to go Financially needed people off the wage. I was yeah. one of them. Mel's had gone. Um, I think Coochie had gone already. Yeah, I think he had. Um, so he was just like, listen, I need you to go. Financially, we need you to go. <coughs> and I said, well, that's fine. I said, am I here for pre-season? He said, yep, do everything with us. You're in the squad. You're in the club. But if you can find somewhere to go, go. Yeah. Go, because I don't know how much you're going to play. Being up front with you. Yeah. And he brought in Kev Davis. yeah. And um, Stuart Bevan was there. Joe Garner was there. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's no problem. So I did pre-season and I did well. Yeah. Trained well. Trained hard. Didn't miss a day. And I don't know whether it was his decision, but the club ended up saying, "Listen, you're staying. Season starting in a week or so. You're staying." And. It was it was a tough one to accept. I wanted to stay, but I wasn't going to play, and I wasn't playing a lot. Yeah, because I was realistically as fourth choice, and it's not easy to accept that twenty mm. nine year old, thirty year old that you're fourth choice, and they're not scoring a lot of goals. I'm not getting a game, and we weren't off to the greatest start that year, <clears throat> and then. It got to a point when I think it was about March, February, March, and I just there's only so long you can Sit around come on forth. sub for twenty yeah, minutes yeah. and play a game and then out for three games and enjoying training and enjoying being at home. But it just got to a point where I just said, "This is Simon, and I need to go. I need to play." I said, "I'm out of contract in the summer. Yeah, I need to go and play." And Greza called me up and just said, "Listen," he goes, "I know what you're about." He goes, "We've got." I think it's 13 games left come and play end up going and getting promoted it was League 2 I didn't really want to play League 2 didn't want to drop down there Yeah. and I had a couple of teams in League 1 but they were back down south and I don't want to and I've never wanted to move down south Yeah. unless it was a contract I couldn't say no to when I, and at a club I couldn't say no to yeah. so the offer come in for for Fleetwood and it was uh, an easy one there was three other guys one guy lived on uh, the Wirral with me, about 10 minutes from, 5 minutes from me. Yeah. Connor McLaughlin was there. And Stephen Schumacher and David Bell. Yeah. David Ball, sorry, not Bell. Um, we had a car school. So it was easy. I was driving once a week. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So we were stop off for your coffee in the morning on the way in. Yeah. Pick up the, the round at the Mackey's. Anyone wants a coffee, you grab it. And did that. Paid once a week and drove once a week. And sound, it was... Sorted. It was uh, in an area that I knew. Yeah. 
still close to Preston. I didn't have to. If I wanted to come in, I was doing my my level two coaching at the time as well. Yeah, so yeah. finishing training at Fleetwood and driving in to do my coaching in Springfield or UCLAN, sorry. Mm -hmm. So ended up doing that and worked out well. Yeah, well, it worked out well for a while, and we got promoted, and then things changed a bit with. I was out of contract for the first time in my career. And then where did you go after that? Um, went to India. Is that that? Yeah, after that, that's when oh, I was right. talking to you about. I'd been speaking to Greza about signing. He really wanted me to sign, and oh yeah, cool. And all of a sudden, contract offer was a lot less than what I'd originally. What I'd originally been told it would be in the region of. It was an unacceptable offer. Yeah. Um. Not because I wasn't grateful for being offered a contract, but I think for the amount of games and goals I'd scored in football or in professional football and league football, yeah, I think I wanted a little bit more than that. Yeah, and not being greedy, just just trying to be realistic. That's um, what at my, at, in my peak. Yeah, I was twenty nine, thirty year old. I was in my peak. Yeah. So it was just one of those and I never, I was waiting and putting my name around and nothing came up. So I did, a, it, was, it was strange because Leicester got promoted and random, random interview I did with, I don't know if you've heard of Andy May, done a lot of stuff for BT Sport and BN Sport. And that. No. He was doing freelance at the time for... TSN, which is a Canadian sports company, yeah. sports channel. Uh, channel, and they he was doing a freelance for them for Leicester. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, Ian Hume's Canadian, played for Leicester," so we thought, "Well, sort out a interview with him." So he comes to see me, and I did a twenty-minute interview with him, and then he brought up, "Oh, have you ever heard of this Indian league? They're starting it up next year." Yeah. No, not a heard of thing. He goes, yeah, they're starting it up in like two months or something. He said they offered me a job to go out there and do the work. I said, but he goes, I've signed a a contract here where I've got to be in the country. And he goes, oh, you should call this guy. And took his number and went home, spoke to the wife, and said, he just told me to call this guy and just see what he says. Called him up and like, yeah, they'd love you. Canadian international. They haven't got a Canadian player. Yeah. Still think I'm the only Canadian player to play out there. But yeah. <clears throat> so they're like, yeah, come out. You'll get put in a draft. And it was weird because the first year was a draft. Yeah. So I didn't know who I was going to play with. It was agreed contracts for everybody. So it wasn't for money. Money was, be honest, it was in the region of what I'd been offered with Fleetwood. Yeah. Probably a, a little bit more, but it was over a three-month period, four-month period. Yeah. So it's a lot less. Um, and they're like, yeah, you're <clears throat> put into a draft. There was all these different players from around the world, and uh, you had a foreign draft and an Indian draft. So it was just a matter of potluck. That's mental. And I ended up being selected f first overall in the second draft, second round. Yeah. Um, first overall was Michael Chopra yeah and then same team drafted me 
So I played with Chopra. Do you remember Stephen Pearson played for Derby County? And yes, name rings a bell. Um, big ginger lad. Yeah. Jamie McAllister. Yeah. Played at PNE for a yeah, couple of, about He's a month. assistant at Bristol City. Yeah. Now, isn't he? Um, and there was myself, Chops, Dave, uh, David James, a couple of French lads, Aussie lad, and then the rest of the Indians. What the hell? And we were expected to be bottom. Made the final. Should have won it. First season, got player of the year. So they only scored, only scored five five goals, but ended up getting player of the season. Um, finished second in the goal scoring. And then got a chance to play against Robert Perez, David Trezeguet, uh, Captavia, Spanish left back. Yeah. Elano. Uh, yeah. Um, Del Piero. Nesta, Maserati, Sylvester. Jesus. These are players that I'd only dreamt about playing against. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I'm walking out. Of Lu- all Lu- Luis Garcia. In India. Well, Luis Garcia. Yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool. ledge. Yeah. And swap jerseys with him. And I'm walking out as captain of my club in the final. And I'm playing against Josemi. Liverpool legend, Champions League winner. And these are things that you only dream of. That's crazy. And I had to go to India to do it. That's that's the mad bit about yeah. it. <laughs> and you've gone to India. You've got some of these marquee players, okay, they were making extortionate amounts of money for three months. Yeah. But for me... Incredible. Like, you remember Bernard Mendy? Yeah. Played against him, had some right battles with him. John Arnarisa the next season. Yeah. Roberto Carlos the next season. Like, insane. Like these are guys. Crazy. Uh, Marchena used to play for Valencia in Spain. Yeah. Like some of these guys I'm playing against, I'm, I used to play with them on FIFA and sign them in Championship yeah, Manager. Yeah, yeah. And I'm getting to lace up my boots and run next to them. And these are the the dreams that people have when they're growing up. You yeah. want to play against the best, and yeah. like Alessandro Nesta, one of the best centre backs in the last twenty years, if not ever. Yeah, I'd say a lot of people would say he'd probably be in the top ten centre backs ever, if not higher. Probably. You think Maldini, Nesta, Cannavaro, yeah, Ferdinand, Vidic, those types of Nesta's up there, and I got to play against him, got him booked. <laughs> <laughs> that's mental. But that's like these are the sort of things, and going out there, it was it was an adventure, and that was the. Did whole, you move the family out there? Or? No, because my kids and my missus, they were Settled. in school. My daughter's in school at the time, and we just had my second one. And yeah. We had my second one in 2010, and I couldn't uproot them for four months. Yeah, it's a bit... Yeah, it's a bit tough one. Um, and then the end of that season, I changed over to the team that beat us, and they, we lost in the final, 95th minute. Yeah. 1-0. So changed teams at the end of the summer Peter Taylor came in at the club I was at Kerala Blasters and decided said I wasn't fit enough said I was for what they were willing to pay me what I, like I'd agreed a contract what they were willing to pay me they could buy two players for and I wasn't fit enough it was just hilarious because the next season I went to the team that beat us in the final Yeah. They as soon as they found out I was available because you had to sure. wait like a month after the season or it's three months after the season yeah. before they had to announce their retain list 
And this one that came up, I wasn't retained. And I'd been negotiating the whole time. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, new coach is coming in. Okay. Does he not want me? I don't know. Then the, I said, well, tell me if he's offering that contract or not. Didn't. Said, oh, I can't confirm. So it's yeah. an open market then. Team that beat us in the final comes on, co-owned by Atletico Madrid, called Atletico de Calcutta. They come in within minutes of like the day going, yeah, calling yeah. me. And uh, just said, yeah, come over here. And Peter Taylor going on about not fit enough and all that. I played in the next season, I played in 17 games. So you only had eight teams at the start. Yeah. So first season, I played in 14 games or something like that. I had an eye infection. Yeah. So I missed a game or two games. <laughs> Made the final, all that. And then second season, so you had 14 games and two semi finals. So I played in the 16 games. I missed nine minutes of 16 games. Yeah. Peter Taylor didn't last the whole season. <coughs> so I lasted more games than Peter Taylor. Um, and then stayed at that team. We lost in the semi-final. Um, and next season won the final um, against my first team, against that Kerala Blasters yeah. again. And then Calcutta and Atletico Madrid split ways. So in between in between those two seasons, I went to play in Spain. Um, played for Pomfredina and then played for Extremadura. So second division and third division. And I really wish that happened. Sooner. Four or five years earlier. Yeah. I think I could have really excelled and made a name for myself out there because I, I enjoyed it. They didn't quite like the physical side of me. Yeah. And technically I was good enough to compete. Yeah. So I think I could have really, really done well. And unfortunately, I only scored one goal out there and two stints and one was to keep the club from relegation if winning winning goal if there's one goal to score oh exactly if the club would have gone down to the tercera because you have first division yeah uh, one two three is the second division then you have uh, segunda B yeah which yeah. is then split into four right so you're in your regions and then you have tercera which is split into something like 16 right so you've literally got third division Everywhere, all the way down. Yeah, like all over the country. So yeah, the third yeah. division and all there. So if the club had gone down there, it would have been catastrophic. So the score of the goal that kept us in second to be, and then now they're up in the second division. So it was a a meaningful goal. Yeah, and it was a it was a great experience living out there and siestas in the afternoon. Brilliant. Yeah. Everyone loves a siesta. Cool. Um, I think we'll call that a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah.